Hello, I'm Jennifer Watts. I'm a friend who likes having friends. On this podcast, we talk about friendship, the hows and whys of how we connect, and you might even choose a friendship challenge you'd like to try. Today, we're going to talk about the book Vital Friends. We're also going to hear a listener question and talk about taking on a 30-day friend challenge. I'm excited to share with you about this book, Vital Friends, The People You Can't Afford to Live Without, written by Tom Rath, uh, Gallup Press, 2006. Vital Friends, The People You Can't Afford to Live Without. And what Tom Rath talks about in this book is uh, the results of a big study uh, and research that he did and um, found out some interesting things about friendship. Um, he talks about a vital friend being someone who measurably improves your life. Ask yourself, if this person were no longer around, would my overall satisfaction with life decrease? And if so, then they are a vital friend by his definition. He talks about how we expect the other person in a relationship to meet our every need. We expect them to do several things to uphold his or her end of the relationship. We expect them to be able to do it all. Then we're disappointed when we discover that they do only a few things very well. He says the trick is to focus on those things that our friends do well the strengths that complement our weaknesses, that we should focus on the ways that our friends contribute to our lives, not on the ways that they disappoint us. He says there are eight vital roles that close friends might play. Some may play only one, few play several, and none play them all. So ask yourself, what role does this friend play? What role do I play for him or her? I'm going to go through the eight roles he's talking about and just encourage you to look at what roles you play for friends, what roles they play for you, and to just be aware of that in friendships. Um, Okay, I'm going to go ahead. So the first vital role that a friend might play is as a builder. Builders are great motivators. Um, They're always pushing you towards the finish line. They invest in your development, and they genuinely want you to succeed. Um, They're generous with their time as they help you, and they see your strengths and help you use them productively. Um, When you want to think about how you can do more of what you already do well, talk to a builder. Um, Sort of like the coaches and managers, um, these are friends who lead you to achieve more each day. And great builders won't compete with you. They figure out how their talents can complement yours. So if you need a catalyst for your personal or professional growth, stay close to a builder. The second vital role a friend could play is a champion. Champions stand up for you and what you believe in. They are friends who sing your praises. Every day, this makes a difference in your your life. Not only do they praise you in your presence... They also champion you because they have your back and they'll stand up for you even when you're not around. Uh, They are loyal friends to whom you can share things in confidence and they have a low tolerance for dishonesty. 
You can count on them to accept what you say without judging, even when others do not. They're your best advocates. When you succeed, they're proud of you and they share it with others. Champions thrive on your accomplishments and happiness. When you need someone to promote your cause, look to a champion. A third vital role a friend might play is a collaborator. A collaborator is a friend with similar interests, the basis for many great friendships. You might share a passion for sports, hobbies, religion, work, politics, food, books. In many cases, you belong to the same groups or share affiliations. When you talk with a collaborator, you're on familiar ground, and this can serve as the foundation for a lasting relationship. Indeed, in these conversations, you often find that you have similar ambitions in life. Looking for someone who can relate to your passions? Find a collaborator. So the fourth vital role that a friend could play is a companion. A companion is always there for you, whatever the circumstances. When something big happens in your life, good or bad, this is one of the first people you call. At times, a true companion will even sense where you are headed, your thoughts, feelings, and actions before you know yourself. Companions take pride in your relationship and they will sacrifice for your benefit. They are the friends for whom you might literally put your life on the line. If you're searching for a friendship that can last a lifetime, look no further than a companion. The fifth vital role a friend could play is a connector. A connector is a bridge builder. Connectors get to know you and then introduce you to others. These are the people you socialize with regularly. Friends who play the role of a connector are always inviting you to lunch, dinner, drinks, and other gatherings where you can meet new people. This extends your network dramatically and gives you access to newfound resources. When you need something, a job, a doctor, a friend, or a date, a connector points you in the right direction. They seem to know everyone. If you need to get out more or simply want to widen your circle of friends or business associates, a connector can help. The sixth vital role is an energizer. Energizers are your fun friends who will always give you a boost. You have more positive moments when you're with these friends. They're quick to pick you up when you are down and can make a good day great. They're always saying and doing things that make you feel better. Energizers have a remarkable ability to figure out what gets you going. When you're around these friends, you smile a lot more. You're more likely to laugh in the presence of an energizer. If you want to relax and have a good time or need to get out of a rut, call an energizer. The seventh vital role that a friend could play is that of a mind opener. Mind openers are the friends who expand your horizons and encourage you to embrace new ideas, opportunities, cultures, and people. They challenge you to think in innovative ways and help you to create positive change. Mind openers know how to ask good questions and this makes you more receptive to ideas. When you're around a mind opener, you are unguarded and express opinions aloud, especially controversial ones that you might not be comfortable sharing with other friends. These friends broaden your perspective on life and make you a better person. If you need to challenge the conventional wisdom or shake up the status quo, spend a few hours talking with a mind opener. Last one, the eighth vital role that a friend could play is as a navigator. 
Navigators are the friends who give you advice and keep you headed in the right direction. You go to them when you need guidance and they talk through the pros and cons with you until you find an answer. In a difficult situation, you need a navigator by your side. They help you see a positive future and keep things grounded in reality. Anytime you're at a crossroads and need help making a decision, you can look to a navigator. They help you know who you are and who you are not. They are the ideal friends to share your goals and dreams with. And when you do, you'll continue to learn and grow. When you ask navigators for direction, they help you reach your destination. Okay, that was all eight. Phew! Thanks for hanging in there with me. Um, I would encourage you to just take a a look at those roles. Um, I did, and I was surprised at the expectations I had of people to, you know, be able to do all eight. (laughs) And I don't do that. So uh, I hope you found that interesting. And if you had some insight around those, I'd love to hear it. Now, we have a listener question and a new friend. Hi, Jen. This is Chris from Bellingham, Washington. When throwing an event, I always second-guess myself about whether or not guests would like certain games or activities. What are some go-to activities you use to intentionally connect people? Thanks. Thanks so much, Chris, for taking the time to submit a question to me. I can relate to that feeling of second-guessing yourself when you're hosting an event. Um, I love how you care about intentionally connecting your guests and your guests are going to love you and your event for thinking about it ahead of time. Uh, So to start with, my go-to activities tend to follow a similar pattern. I'm going to assume for the sake of this question that we're talking about a gathering of say 15 or less people. Um, I'd like to get the connecting process started ahead of time. On the invitations, and and whether that's a card or an email or via text or just a phone call, I like to say um, the type of crowd that's being invited. So I might say something like, to all of you who love Susie, or if you like brewing and tasting beer, or I'm gathering some of my movie-loving friends. That makes it clear to them what kind of group Um, is coming to the event and that helps the beginning of the connection process because they have a sense of what type of people will be there. Um, Also on the invitation I like to mention the purpose of the event. Um, Having a purpose really is helpful for the host. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, let's say it was Susie's birthday and we're going to um, host a birthday party for her. I'm not going to say on the invitation, come celebrate with Susie and have some fun. I might try and identify more of the purpose by saying, um, let's all show Susie some love and each bring a present that makes turning 50 easier. Uh, also, come ready to share a story about fun you've had with Susie. So by doing this, I've set up connection to happen before the event's even started. Because at the event, as the presents are opened, there's a chance to um, have people explain why their gift helps Susie turn 50 (laughs) in an easier way. (laughs) 
Um, it also gives opportunity for people to tell stories about fun times with Susie because we've already given them the heads up that, oh, you'll have an opportunity to do that. Um, obviously, with that kind of sharing, you're going to moderate uh, the telling of stories and jump in with a fun interruption if things go astray and, you know, let them all know they only have this many minutes to as their turn. Um, and by doing those things, your guests are going to learn about each other. There's going to be natural connection happening uh, while the party's going on. I'll give you another example. Let's say you were having a St. Patty's Day party. What's the purpose? Are you just going to get together, have beer? Um, make it have a purpose. Maybe it's to bring, the purpose of the party is to bring half a dozen of your favorite beer and be ready to share a family history tidbit that links you to Ireland or wherever you're from. Again, there's going to be connection through the presentation of what kind of beer they brought and why and through maybe sharing some family tidbits. Um, by doing this sort of pre-connection planning and thinking of the purpose and talking about it in the invitation, I find that when guests come, they really are quite excited. They know sort of the people that are going to be there. They really know what's expected of them. And um, I just find that they're a little looser, a little ready to to play that game. They're not so awkward showing up should I sit? Should I stand? Are we going outside? Should I put this down? It's just a lot more sort of like, yes, I brought the beer I was supposed to bring. And yes, I have a little tidbit about history. And um, it makes it more comfortable. Um, I hope this helps, Chris. Um, at another time, I'll talk about some games and things to do with uh, larger groups, which... Um, because of the amount of time it takes to share the things I gave you examples of uh, uh, earlier, um, you can't do that kind of thing with a larger group than about 12 or 15. There just won't be time for everybody to have a turn. Um, so larger groups definitely need specific games. And uh, I'll cover that on a future podcast. And now for a friendship challenge. I'd like to suggest that it would be fun to get a friend on board and together complete a 30-day challenge. So whether you can get together or not, um, have a challenge that you're both going to do uh, something each day for 30 days and report to each other. And maybe you send each other a picture of having done it or put it on social media, share it over Instagram, um, just something that you can work on together and maybe it's something totally fun and maybe it's a real challenge. Uh, some examples might be uh, walking 20 minutes each day for 30 days or working on a gratitude journal um, each day and sharing with each other the the biggest gratitude moment of the day. Um, maybe it's every day for 30 days you're gonna do a mini declutter Maybe you're going to get up early each day. Uh, how about taking a photo of something tasty each day and sharing it with each other? Or something fun or your view from your walk? Um, how about check out a new app 
each day and then let each other know about it. Um, there's also on Pinterest some song challenges, and uh, those would be fun for a 30-day challenge. Anyway, I'm... Oh, oh, what about the slow cooker? What about a recipe every day with the slow cooker? Okay, that's that's over the top, but you get the idea. Um, I think that'd be fun to try with a friend. And that's it for episode four. This has been You Too, Me Too, and I'm Jennifer Watts. You can find me on Instagram at youtube.metoo. I'd love to hear if you do something with this week's challenge, uh, or if you have ways of connecting your guests at an event that you host. A reminder to tune in next week for another episode, and thank you for being a friend. They challenge you to... Th- uh, yai, 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 yai.